HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. HRN has a brand new look, but we're sharing the same delicious stories. Invest in the future of food radio by becoming a monthly sustaining member at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. When one door closes, another door opens. The last year has closed a lot of doors around the world, across the country, and here in New York City. For those that have made it through, though, opportunities are abundant. Perhaps expanding to a new city or a new neighborhood? But what about a space down the street or even right next door? Our guests today are Chefs Scott and Angie of Don Angie in New York's West Village. When Alex and I were embarrassingly so gorging ourselves, I think we ate almost everything on the menu, um, last month on all of the deliciousness that Don Angie has to offer, our amazing server described their food perfectly as all of your favorite Italian-American classics just zhuzh up a little bit. And a sign from, <laughs> I was like, nailed it. <laughs> and aside from being awarded a prestigious Michelin star this year, Scott and Angie also welcomed a new family member, a baby boy, and are publishing their first cookbook titled Italian American, which is due out in October. So welcome, guys. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure. We, uh, we're super fans. Like I said, I think we did eat everything on the menu, and um, you know, it's, it's. How do you feel about that description of Jujup Italian? <laughs> no, that's great. I feel yeah. like I was laughing about it because I'm like, oh, I probably like said that in a in like a staff meeting or something because like I mean, that, yeah. You nailed it. That's yeah. a great I think, description. Like, I think he was like, he like really met, I think he even had like a little shimmy when he said it. He was like, it's just like zhuzh. I was like, oh yeah, it's zhuzh. I probably shimmied as well. So, uh, yeah. I was like, yep, that's it. So, um, but yeah, y'all, the food is obviously amazing and it's no surprise that you guys hardly ever have reservations available, which, you know, is great for you. So I'm actually, I'm curious, um, speaking of that, you got a lot of extra seating this year, sort yeah. of, with yeah. your outdoor setup. Tell us a little bit about that. We, I mean, we were so lucky um, in this past year, like, you know, just, just because we're situated on a, on a corner, um, we were able to get like a lot of extra outdoor seats because we basically got that like street seating on both sides. Um, so, you know, I don't know, I just personally feel like incredibly fortunate because it was a really tough year for everyone in our industry. And, um, you know, we like really lucked out in that way. Um, and we got through, you know, how many seats did you have inside originally? We have about 55 to 60, depending upon, you know, if the tables are, you, you can pop some tables, you, you know, 
Uh, some don't pop, but it's about 55 to 60. Right. And then we have a 10 seat bar. Right. Um, right. And then outside added how many seats? I mean, so it like, it fluctuated a lot because there were like many iterations of our outdoor setup. So like during the summer last year, we had like various iterations of like, you know, umbrella situations and then tent situations. We had these like really beautiful umbrellas that we learned quickly, like weren't great in the rain. And like, let's face it, it rains a lot in New York in the Mm -hmm. summer. And, you know, given that we were closed entirely indoors, like, you know, we needed to be able to serve people outside. So we had these like tents and like how many people you think we said? I think we said about 75. Yeah. Like basically we were seating as many people outside, like more people outside than, you know, our indoor footprint, which was, you know, pretty awesome. Like we were really lucky just to be able to like stay, stay moving through all that. Um, and then as like winter was approaching, we, um, made a decision to invest in something like a little more permanent. Cause you know, we weren't sure if we were going to get shut down again indoors and like what was going to go on. And we were able to bring back our whole staff and we wanted to like continue to employ everyone. Um, so yeah, then we, we built some sort of like sturdy outdoor structures that were heated. It's very sturdy y'all. It's like a whole, it's like when people yeah. like, it's like when there's the joke of like, I'm going to sit outside, but inside it's like, y'all have outside in. Right. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Yeah, it's definitely like, yeah, it's, it's that joke all the way. Um, so outside yeah. currently we have 11, we call them cabins mm-hmm. uh, and they each seat up to six people, which is six, technically 66 seats, but we could never seat that many with the inside and you know it's just too many too many how, do you, the how kitchen, does the kitchen convert yeah like yeah that the was... kitchen just can't handle it i mean we've, well, we've taken on some extra staff we yeah. used to always have four cooks three hot and one cold and then now we end up doing uh five cooks pretty much three hot and two cold um and we actually like took away some seats in the past two weeks as we uh transitioned to like opening more fully indoors we're not we're still not fully doing the capacity indoors that we did pre-COVID, but we're like gradually kind of like, you know, adding a little bit more indoors. And we're, we just recently started like filling our whole, seating our whole bar. Um, so then we like took away basically all the seats we had on our sidewalk, um, you know, excluding those cabins that we built in the street. We, we just took those away. So now we just have those, those outdoor cabins and our indoor seats. And is that, are you guys not fully open indoor because of, of like staffing or like other safety concerns or you're just. I think it's honestly because we have the nice seats outside. Some people still prefer to sit outside. So we just, if we had full indoors and full outside, it's just too, too many seats. And it really, the restaurant's so tiny that I don't know if you were ever here pre COVID, but when the restaurant is fully packed inside, I mean, it's really tight. Yeah. there's a lot of people in it. So I think it was just, it's just a little, it feels a little nicer. It feels a little more open yeah. right now. So we actually have two tables that we took out of the, out of the dining room. Uh, and then we're just not seeing as heavily. Yeah. As we we're just, yeah. Trying to find that balance of like, you know, what our kitchen can handle and our stat, you know, like our, we still have this tiny little dish area and, you know, this, you know, we only have like one pasta tank and one, you know, little oven and whatever. So we're just trying to basically navigate the best way that we can serve the best food, you know, at, the, at a good pace. With the, keep the quality the same. Right. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I know it's, it's so interesting. It's like nobody's reopening the same restaurant that they 
had when COVID started because you have all these extra things and it's like re-navigating how your kitchen can handle it and, and everything. It's like, you, there's a whole new set of problems that you never would have expected. Yeah, yeah totally. So you guys also had something big that happened this year, a baby, a little, <laughs> a little man. Um, so, I mean, we love, um, we obviously love talking to family businesses for personal reasons since we're husband and wife and run one, but also just in general, I mean, there's so most small businesses are family owned businesses and most people work with family members. So you guys are both chefs and your partners. So tell us a little bit about how you divide and conquer. So I think, um, in a lot of ways, like, you know, being part, knowing each other for such a long time and like, you know, being like life partners, like, really helps us in a work setting because there's a lot of sort of like nonverbal communication and like just, I mean, it sounds corny, but we kind of like, you know, read each other's minds to an extent where it, it makes working together like very efficient. Um, and we kind of, like, as you said, yeah, divide and conquer. We kind of divide and conquer in a way where, you know, we tend to both kind of gravitate toward like, like we have different strengths. We know each other's strengths and we sort of like each gravitate toward different things and we just kind of like fill in the blanks for each other. I don't, I don't know how to yeah, no, articulate right. that. Um, we both have our own, uh, we understand each other's roles in the restaurant. It's, it just naturally has, we've naturally learned to do, be in charge of different things in the restaurant. So for example, like things like uh, all of the physical plant things, I typically take care of a lot of that stuff. Whereas Angie takes care of like, uh, um, I don't know, uh, ingredient ordering or something, you know, things like that. I, I, I don't, right. I don't. Yeah. Like, or more like, I'm really like, I'm more of like an organizer and right. like a systems creator sort of thing. Like, you know, like mise en place lists and, you know, um, just like general organizing, like menu description, right. And creating like systems so that, yeah, exactly. So things run smoothly. Tell us a little bit about how, uh, in the midst of um, figuring out outdoor seating, indoor seating, having a baby, you decided to pick up an extra space. Well, we're still working on the extra space. But... Right. It's sort of a thing. Well, so this actually was something that we had thought about uh, pursuing for a very long time, um, mm -hmm. you know, even pre-COVID. Um, and then just kind of like popped back on our radar recently just because I, I guess, you know, like throughout COVID, we've, we've seen like, what we could do with Don Angie, like all the various iterations of outdoor seating, you know, indoor seating, both together, uh, et cetera. We've, we've noticed that, you know, how, basically like how flexible, flexible we could be. And, um, you know, we started thinking about the space next door again, because, um, so our idea with that is it's this tiny little space. It used to be, uh, this little bar called wallflower. Um, Was that open? Was that open pre pandemic and it shuttered? Yeah. It, it closed pre pandemic actually. Um, but we what we're thinking of doing with it is basically making it sort of into like a little private event space, um, but also doing like pop-ups there. Um, and, and use it as like an R and D kitchen. Right, right, right. And what it's going to do is it's going to like expand our kitchen essentially, because there's a ton of kitchen space below it. Um, that's like essentially like connected to the Don Angie kitchen space. Uh, and then there's like a, a small little, um, service kitchen, like in the upstairs, so basically it would allow for us to, you know, enlarge the footprint of our kitchen. Like we're going to have all this like extra walk-in space. Um, so the thought is potentially 
uh, opening for brunch service right. uh, once we, hope, you know, hopefully sign the lease with Exactly. So and I then, think we could do more with Don Angie, you know, with the addition of this space. Like, we've never been able to, we've always thought about opening for brunch because it's like a great, it's, it's a really popular thing in the West Village, I think. Like, I think it might do well, but um, we, like, do not have the physical space to prepare and store all the extra food. We're, like, already maxed out. Yeah. So our thought was, like, with this extra space, we can potentially do that. We've also seen a huge, like, demand for private dining. Yeah. Like, sure. Especially, like, the 15 to 25 seat parties. And in order to do that with Don Angie, you'd have to rent the whole restaurant out, and that's quite costly. This is much a much smaller space. I think the... I want to say the upstairs is like 600 square feet or something. It's like right. not that big. It could probably seat up to about 25 people. Um, and it just has like, you know, it has like a nice little West Village feel to it. And, you know, we thought it would be great for, for private dining and that it would be nearly as costly as, you know, closing Don Angie for a private event. Yeah. So. Do you feel like it's because people want like more distance or is it because there was a year long halt on special events? Or did you always have private requests for private dining? Yeah, so we've like we've always gotten a ton of requests, and um, yeah, like Scott said, the only thing we can really accommodate is like a like a full buyout of our space. Like we don't have you know the ability to close down a portion of our tiny dining room or anything like that. So um, at that point, it's you know we have to basically at least charge what we would have made for the night. You know, serving you know, guests, uh, like in the, in the normal way that we would a la carte. So, um, yeah. It makes sense for parties of like 40 to like 50, which right. is about the max, but for a party of 15 to 20, it really doesn't make sense at all. Right. Um, and we, we've, we do do a few buyouts a year. We yeah. probably do, I would say like five to 10 a year in the restaurant. Yeah. We're um, also, yeah, we're also super strategic about like, we don't want to be like closed every weekend for a buyout because that's not cool either. Cause right. you know, we, we want to be a neighborhood restaurant where people can walk by and, you know, come sit and eat at the bar or whatever. We don't want to have this, like, closed, you know, closed for an event sign on our door. So, um... And would you guys add lunch... Ser- Do you have lunch service right now or only... No, dinner? no it's only, only dinner. dinner. Yeah. So, would, if you would add seven services or you would just add the two for the weekend if you pick up just the extra the, space? Yeah, just the weekend. Um, I mean, maybe a Friday lunch. Maybe, maybe down, down the road, <laughs> yeah. It's just... <laughs> Maybe yeah, Thursday. Like, slow. I know anyway, it's, it's you know what it is. Oh, please! I mean, brunch like, to me is like, oh, it's like the worst when you're, I know even the word like, like makes me uh, cringe. It makes a little me bit, like it's... just have like flashbacks <laughs> of cooking eggs and just like, oh god, it's the <laughs> it's your restaurant. You can do whatever you, can, you want. You don't no have to eggs for brunch menu. at Don Angie. <laughs> no, no, like, no, that's what we're. Yeah, that's exactly what we're thinking. It, we're we're not gonna really. It makes a lot of sense though for us to open for that service. It really does. Yeah. Now you said that you're not. It's not. 100% yet? Or are you still like in lease negotiations? We're just negotiating or? with the landlord. The landlord is just a very, it just takes him a long time to get these things done. He's got a, a quite a portfolio of buildings. So for him, this little tiny, you know, 800 square feet space is like last on the list for him to negotiate. And it's a different against. landlord than your No, current? it's the same landlord. Same, same yeah. landlord. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that makes it easier. But they, it's so interesting that they just don't care that there's an empty space. You would think that they would be in. It, um, I'm not sure at the moment how it flip. works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you be? Would you have to like? Would you be able to like break through a wall? Would you have to do a lot of construction? We're not. So it's actually like separated by like a stairwell, essentially like into um, the building. So it's not like we would. There's no way we would even be able to connect the two if we wanted to. Um, but then construction-wise, you know, we didn't. We just want to do very minimal work to it, just to basically 
zhuzh up the interior. I'll, uh, <laughs> throw out the I mean, yeah, we would make it. Look- <laughs> yeah, we want to make it kind of, uh, you know, we're not going to do make it like all matchy matchy with Don Angie necessarily, right. but we want to kind of have like the general vibe and feel of the restaurant and, you know, just spice it up a little bit in there. I mean, hopefully, uh, you, but you, you never know what these things. I know, right? You never know what these things so, Like, when you start building out a restaurant, it's like peeling an onion, you peel one layer off, right. and all of a sudden, you, next thing you know, you got to, like, peel five more layers off. So we'll see. Hopefully, it doesn't end up being this huge, yeah. you know, costly thing. And it, Especially with, yeah. like, the air conditioning. And yeah. All that. Like, that's always just... It's always, like, an issue, air conditioning and that kind of stuff, so. Right. Oh, was the How was the build-out for Don Angie MS? Uh, it just ended up being really like a full gut of the whole entire upstairs, like full new wire, new wiring, new electric, not new plumbing, but like really a full gut down to like right. the studs. And we didn't do the AC immediately, but then we eventually had to just redo, redo the, the entire thing, which was a pretty big project. But right. um, I'm sorry, what's the upstairs? Because from what we saw, there was the... the Size-wise? Uh, yeah, oh, I, oh. I didn't know there was an upstairs. Oh, no. You know what? We just... <laughs> Since we just like you know live in the kitchen in the basement, we just refer <laughs> to the upstairs. But like really, it's yeah. the ground floor yeah, for ground floor. for other people, right? Yeah, uh, for our non-New York <laughs> listeners, a lot of New York City kitchens <laughs> are in the basement, so it's yes. like yeah, the upstairs. Yeah, so yeah, sad. Um, no windows in the basement. Mm-hmm. You know, very hot. But we yeah. actually, you know, what we did do when we put air conditioning upstairs. We invested a little extra money and put air conditioning in the kitchen because treat yourself. You know, yeah, and it's like everybody's worked so hard, and it's like why not like spend an extra little bit of money and air condition the whole thing because it's you know it's right. it really just makes it so much more of a comfortable work environment for everybody. Right. Well, not to mention the device, like the yeah, and everything, everything, stuff. like nothing. It, the kitchen was so hot that like everything would just break down because right. it was so hot mm. in the summer. So yeah, how really did you do dessert? Like, where did you do desserts? Oh, we, well, we used to have this one dessert. It was uh, Zeppelis with spun sugar. And yeah. oh my goodness, the spun sugar would be like... It would, you'd, you'd open the box of spun <laughs> sugar and you'd be like, oh, it's like literally just like a liquid. pool of liquid. And you're like, all right, well, let's, yeah, let's pull yeah. this together on the fly. Um, it was tricky. I mean, our, we only have a four, usually a four dessert program because we just do it all ourselves. Yeah. You know? And uh, one of them is our mochi, which is ice cream. And that thing would be like, we would sh- literally, we have like three like not so great freezers here right. that are all like drop freezers. You and just play like musical freezer and yeah. you're like, which freezer's working? <laughs> I remember when we opened the restaurant that we, being a thing that like we just couldn't, like everything was just like melted and yeah, we're like, it was, it's, oh man. But it's much better now. I mean, it's not, it's not perfect, but it's much better. Yeah. So, for sure. Speaking of heat, it's a cool 93 degrees in New York today. Yeah, how do it's you guys, uh, balmy. How do you manage expectations for your outdoor reservations and such as that on a day like today? I mean, how do you we, get them in and out before they've like dehydrated completely or, or screamed right. at your server just because they're cranky or, or just yeah. pray or do you just pray? I don't know. I mean, I know we like spoke about this break briefly before I started recording, but like the ice water is definitely flowing and that is like, you know, <laughs> top of mind. No, honestly, for everyone, like we talk about in staff, like, you know, just having like double the amount ready to go and just, you know, like that is you know, of like the support staff, like, you know, that is doubly important on a night like night to, tonight to make sure everyone is, you know, stocked up on ice water at all times. Mm-hmm. A lot of bottled water, a lot of sparkling water. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but, you know, we converted our outdoor cabins that were heated in the winter. We, we had these like really nice pendant lights. Now we have like ceiling fans in each one of those. Um, and we like pop the windows open in there. 
Um, and we actually were talking about, I, I just got this like ice shaver that I was like using for some menu development. We might, uh, we might be slinging some, some shaved ice on the house tonight. I don't know. Um, yeah. We'll you see. got two hours to figure it out. No, I'm just right. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> You're like, we gotta wrap this up. I gotta go figure out what, what kind of shaved ice I'm gonna be serving. Oh my god. Are you so when you guys? I mean, obviously when you built the cabins, you were thinking for the winter, but now is, it looks like these are here to stay, right? I mean, everybody keeps saying that, but I don't think they're gonna be here to stay like forever. Yeah. Well, at least the end of the too, year, yeah. I think. Yeah. There's no right. There's no guidance that says otherwise. But um, I'm thinking for the end of the year, honestly. I've yeah, essentially it's... said that, you know, as an administration, a local administration changes, shit's all back up in the air. So it, it, it is questionable. It's and I'm curious how you guys balance the expense of, of maintaining these things and, you know, making them seasonal pers- yeah. as it changes versus, you know, will they, you know, will a new mayor say, screw it in September and we're all, you know, you got to crumble all this stuff back up and, and toss your investment aside. How do you guys manage that? Unknown. I mean, you know, like, like I said, we were lucky to be busy throughout last summer because we, you know, had, we, we got a lot of extra seats outside because of being on a corner. So we basically took the money we brought in and invested into the structures for the winter. And I, you know, we were able to operate through the winter. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think we, we, you know, not that we like got our money's worth or whatever, but like we, you know, if we ha- we have to take them down, like so be it. I guess I, I suppose that'll be a cost in itself. Like, I, I don't even know. That's gonna be <laughs> what a pretty significant entail, but <laughs> just get a bunch um, of sledgehammers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I built mean, like it's a house. Crazy. We have, I mean, it's fully insulated with yeah. like spray foam and everything. It has oh like a God. regular roof on it. <laughs> um, we 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 built them knowing it was gonna be, you know. We, we knew we were taking a big 10 chance. degrees outside yeah. in the winter, and we had to have people outside eat. Like we wanted to keep the restaurant open, and there's right. no I way mean, people the, are gonna be able to eat. Unless yeah, the restaurant. FEMA should like pick these things up and use it as temporary housing for someone. Totally do that. I mean, and yours is like cute too because it looks like the inside of the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Well, Angie needs to go figure out what she's putting on the menu for her shaved ice. So let's move on to some lightning (laughs) round. Um, Before we get to lightning round, tell us real quick. I know you guys are working on a book, and we want to let people know when that's coming, what it's about. Give us a give us a quick rundown on the book. Yeah, so it's called Italian American. Um, it's coming out on October fifth, although it is already available for pre-order um, on Amazon. And basically, we set out. It's not a Don Angie cookbook. It's not like a super chefy like restaurant cookbook. We tried to make it like very sort of like accessible um, to home cooks and. Are all the um, secret zhuzhi ingredients in there to, like, bring your lasagna to that next level? There's a little bit. There's a little bit. There's a shimmy or two in there. <laughs> there's but, a shimmy uh, or two. The lasagna recipe is in there. Yeah. It's, cool. I, honestly, I think, like... I know, think was, people would murder you if the lasagna recipe were not in there. Like, I no, think... Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But we try to create a balance of, like, you know, big project things, sort of, like, smaller project things. Um, we have, like, a we have a whole meatball chapter. We have a whole, like, baked pasta and lasagna chapter. Yeah, uh, we there's a few some, lasagnas, yeah. Yeah, a few different variations of different types of lasagnas. We have, like, you know, cold antipasto, hot antipasto. We try to make it this, like, super broad, all-encompassing, like, you know, Italian-American classics, but, you know, kind of done in a new way. Um, it's also, like, a storybook of our, like, our our lives and our grandparents. Yeah, we, we and- put in a number of, like, you know, old family photos, which are really cool, and it's, you know, it's sort of this merging of, like, old and new. Um, 
don't know. We, we I think the photography, yeah, how I mean, beautiful we worked awesome. with this guy, Chris Tassani, did an awesome job. I mean, but yeah, I, I, we're really happy with how it came out. I think it's going to be like super accessible, you know, to like a very wide audience of people. Um, which I'm really excited yeah. about. You know, it's not like alienating. It's not like super chefy and like, you know. It's great. I mean, uh, I think the book. I mean, we spent a lot, a lot of time yeah, on it. We spent a lot of time. <laughs> how how long has the book been in the works? I I, I want to say almost three years. Right? Yeah, Ooh. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's crazy because when we first. Uh, how did your publisher feel about that? Well, no. Were I mean, pushing? it had nothing to do with COVID <laughs> or anything like that. Honestly, like when we first started shopping around. Um, at that point, I think it was like a kind of like a year lead time to fall of 2020. And they were like, their marketing team didn't want to uh, market it in the fall of 2020 because there would be a lot of noise from the um, the election. Um, at that point, we didn't, you know, none of us knew what else would be going on, you know, at that time. But um, so, you know, right out, right out the gate yeah. in 2019, we had it slated for 2021. But it, I mean, it takes a full, for full-time chefs that are working to write a yeah. cookbook, it takes like that amount of time because it's just, it's, I don't know how else you would do it if with a, having a full-time job. It's just too, I mean, it's 125 recipes, a I lot, would say. Most of which are new, yeah. too. There's a lot of Don Andrew recipes, but there's, you know, there's a lot there's of- a hundred new recipes. brand new things that we had to develop, you know, start to finish. And, and then there was a whole, like, recipe testing phase where we worked with someone- who would, you know, cook the recipes and kind of like bring the food back to us and we'd go back and forth with notes and sort of like dialing everything in. So I, I'm pretty, I'm really proud of it though. And I will yeah. say the recipes do really work really good, I think. <laughs> yeah. Which is something that's always good for Yeah, yeah like for a, a lot of cookbooks, sometimes uh, the recipes don't really work. But they, it's yeah. true, they don't always, it's true. They yeah, don't yeah. Always, you know, we spent yeah. a lot of time testing them and we've had our parents test them, something, you know. Different like, ovens yeah. and stuff. That and, was something I wasn't expecting, like you know, our restaurant ovens, our restaurant burners versus like a home burner. We're like, oh, you know, cook this on medium heat for, you know, five minutes or whatever. And then meanwhile, someone's home stove, it's like, you know, 20 minutes on high or whatever. So, um, we learned a lot. Yeah, for sure. We did. We, yeah. yeah. We learned a lot, but cool. it's, it was Congrats. a great experience. Thanks. Yeah. Congrats. Thank We're you. looking forward to it. HRN is excited to unveil the new look of food radio. We have a new brand identity and a new website. Our site makes it easier than ever to discover new podcasts and to dig through our archive of over 15,000 episodes. It's been 11 years since HRN started broadcasting food radio, and we've made it this far thanks to the support of our global listening community. It's because of member donations that this show is on the air, along with 40 other weekly shows. Your contributions gave HRN the security we needed to stay on the airwaves during the pandemic and are allowing us to reopen our studio in Roberta's. Becoming a monthly sustaining member of HRN shows us how much food radio means to you. Become a monthly sustaining member at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Um, lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Favorite menu item uh, right now? Uh, I mean, my favorite menu item is usually Angie's favorite menu item, and it's, I don't think it'll ever change. The, uh, the chrysanthemum salad is my favorite menu item. Yeah, it's really good. I, really I really good don't now. think yeah. I, I don't think anything will ever change my opinion on that. It's just it never disappoints, and I think it's such a unique salad. I just love it. So yeah. Okay. So since you said that, um, 
you know, I think we don't talk about it enough, but I think our stuffed garlic flatbread, I think, yeah. is is probably my second to that. I mean, we we have this like list of like Don Angie classics that we give like a first time diner, and it's usually <laughs> the chrysanthemum salad, uh, the stuffed garlic flatbread, our barbecue calamari with pepperoni fried rice, and the lasagna. That's like that's like the go to menu. Yes, we did yeah. have that. I'm we pretty sure we did have everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so many. Sorry, you guys asked us for one thing and we just named like seven things. <laughs> no, you guys have a good menu. Um, but and I like that you have a starter pack. You should get yeah. 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 the Don Angie starter yeah. pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one, but what's the most ordered menu item? The chrysanthemum salad, actually. Oh, yeah. really? Come on, really? I, I, thought thought I was, lasagna. Lasagna. Yeah. I was going with garlic bread. I thought sure. Well, the thing is, lasagna is for two people, so I right. think that's right. why. You know. And it also has meat in it, which, you know, you do get some people that don't eat meat. So right, I think right, that that's right. the other thing. But uh, it's, a, it's a very, very close second. Yeah. Very close second. How about this is a new question that I think it would be nice to to hear for, like, budding chefs, restaurants. What's the best food cost item on your menu? Oh, that's interesting. Like, I think it's the actually margin. the, I think it's actually this, the Soprasini pasta um, because it's, uh, it's like a handmade pasta you know basically it's just egg and flour and um you know the seasoning that we put in the dough or whatever and then we make like a stock with mussels which are probably the least expensive protein we have in the house Mm -hmm. um and then there's like you know mussels on there um yeah, there's no cheese in it, so cheese is always expensive. It's the right. one, one of the, we use a lot of cheese, I, as you know. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> chrysanthemum cheese, salad is actually like the cheese restaurant. salad, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. The chrysanthemum salad is yeah, it is basically yeah. like a cheese, cheese salad. salad. Good, yeah, um, I'm making that dish sound very lame. There's other, you know, there's like grilled peppers. It's amazing, and, yeah. And uh, you know, cilantro breadcrumbs and uh, like lime butter. But um, of all those things, like they're they're pretty cost effective. So. Yeah, got it. And it, I mean, it seems like it would be inexpensive because you think like smoked muscle. I don't know. It seems like I wouldn't have thought that. Well, it's, it sounds like it's labor intensive. So I guess if you factored labor yeah. into your food costs, then it could change. Right. right? Well, uh, yeah, hundred percent. If we're just talking purely like the cost of goods, right, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, but like our entire menu, honestly, like labor intensive. <laughs> super <laughs> labor intensive. It's just right. kind of the nature of um, I feel like Italian food generally is right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's, I guess there's like the purist take where, you know, just, you know, like super high quality ingredients, like super, super simply done. But we, um, you know, we use really high quality ingredients. We use a lot of Italian imported stuff that's like really high end. But, you know, we do put a lot of labor into most everything on the menu. Yes, Yes, we do. We only do handmade pasta. We don't use extruder. Right, we don't do an extruder. So, yeah. We don't buy any dried pasta. Each each single piece is made by hand. Wow, no extruder. Yeah. Uh, best business resource. And that can be book, person, uh, website, podcast, anything. For like when you were I building say, Don Angie. And, I, and I would say for us as chefs, the best, one of the things that we've used most is this book that's called The Flavor Bible. We've used it so much, like in just you know, as we as we become more like just seasoned chefs, I guess we we're using it less and less. But it's something that really it's a good us. like thought starter. It's yeah. it basically just lists a bunch of ingredients, and then it lists a bunch of ingredients that typically go with those ingredients. So like you know, obviously a lot of these things as you have have experience as a chef, you just kind of like know those things. But sometimes you know, you just kind of need something to like spark the thought. So you're like, oh, I want to do something with apricots. And you just go there and 
look at the laundry list of things that come after apricots, it's, it just kind of gets the it wheels turning. Yeah, yeah, to be like, oh, I should, you know, I should do this or whatever. Our copy is, I'm looking at it right now in the office. It's, it's hilarious. Tattered. It literally has like it's no like back a, on it. It's, it's yeah. just like ripped into shreds. It's so it's <laughs> food stains all over it. It's, like it's hilarious. It got but, a lot of use. But it's so a really, I'm... it's a really, really great book for <laughs> even a, for even a home cook. It's a great book. But yeah. The it really, flavor Bible. The, the flavor the one, Bible. The Who's the author on it? Uh, why can't I think of it? Like, right, let me open it up. So it's like Karen. Uh, we can put it in the show notes. Don't yeah. worry. Karen um, Page and Andrew Dornberg. Yep. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. All right, last one. What has been the most surprising thing about becoming new parents? Scott, I think he has to answer this <laughs> one because he was like... <laughs> you know what's surprising to me is how... I mean, I don't know if this is right. This is probably a bad answer, but like, you know, usually it's like, especially when you're a chef, you sleep until the last minute you could sleep till, and then you wake up and go to work because you work so many hours. You really try and get as much sleep in as you can. And with the baby, it's like, you know, you know, you guys know what it's like. Your parents, you're up literally at five thirty, six o'clock almost every day, either looking at the baby monitor or with the baby. And now it's like I look forward to waking up in the morning, and I look forward to spending that time with him. Where, you know, I, I don't get nearly as tired as I think as I thought I used to be That's now it's like a different kind of tired it's, it's like a totally different yeah. kind of tired it's just like uh you're tired but you're so I, I I can't say enough things about how this baby has changed my life but when I like hold him and hug him and kiss him it's like nothing else matters and even if I was the most tired person in the world when I see him smile it's just like it's it's like the most amazing people always say this and then you really can't understand it until you have your own child like it's it's inexplainable but unbelievable at the same time so i've been, I've been tired I, for five years ever since i had the baby <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know i know it's gonna get i know it's gonna get really hard and i know at some points you know when he's like 10 he's probably gonna be like i don't like you guys you guys are jerks it's so true enjoy the snuggles while they still want to give them to you it's just like it's it's I, it's changed my life so much it really has it's just like i can't even say enough without sounding like a total cornball yeah, if I might piggyback on that, like I, I'm surprised by myself and just how, you know, quickly I adapted to that because I was always afraid of, not afraid, but just, you know, I've always been cognizant of like how much work having a baby is. And I always wondered how that would ever fit into our lifestyle as chefs. And yeah, I just, you know, I guess it's just like anything else in life. You just adapt and just, just do it and just <laughs> push forward. And yeah, like I feel like, you know, a couple years ago, just, you know, going off of like one hour sleep or whatever, I'd be exhausted. But I just, you know, the adrenaline's been pumping and I'm, yeah. you know, we're just, <laughs> we're just doing it. it work. He's, yeah. uh, he's our toughest critic though, too. Like I've been making food for him and it's like, you know, the, the, the baby doesn't <laughs> lie. Like you feed the, the baby something that you've made and if the baby doesn't like it, he shows you right away. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no, there's no lying. It's pretty funny. This morning I gave him eggs for the second time and Angie fed him eggs like last week. And she's like, oh, cause the doctor was like, you got to introduce him to eggs. And she's like, oh, he ate it like no problem. And this morning I gave him eggs and he literally spit it back in my face. And it was just like, I am not eating this. Like, I don't know. It's pretty funny. Don't be but. afraid of salt and pepper at a young age. I don't know. I was just going to say that. I guess we can't. Yeah, we you haven't you yeah, we haven't. I think we gotta start using some No, salt. you gotta right. start flavoring the food, y'all. They well, like, we do, we do. We put like spice and stuff, but we haven't been putting salt. We yet. haven't been doing salt yet, which is just insane. Like, you know, yeah, as chefs, it's like <laughs> it's like stressful, like giving someone food without, you know, seasoning it. But like, yeah, I'm I've been on the fence about it because I, you know, 
let's just say my pediatrician told me not to, but, um, nah, it's fine. Let just, I mean, like, you know, just a little pinch won't hurt. Look, now all our two-year-old eats is like Maldon salt and freaking butter. Right? <laughs> like, she just, like, I'm actually like not joking. She eats like pats of butter. Anyways, um, <laughs> Alex is like cleansed, like Robbie's like giving me a face, like, don't tell people about my baby. <laughs> Um, okay, I eat pats of butter. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Good fat. Anyways, all right. Um, so we like to wrap up with some opening soon announcements. So our time to shout out any any friends um, in the industry, maybe who are reopening or just open something new. Anybody you guys want to give a shout out to? Anything come to mind? I'm sure you don't have much time to eat out between the new baby and the restaurant. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of. I mean, you know what? We're what restaurant we love that really got uh you know they opened right before the pandemic and have just really have really just forged forged through the whole thing and are just doing better than ever is Ernesto's and Ryan's a really good friend of ours and you know the restaurant's really soulful really delicious and I'm just so happy that you know he was able to make it through because he really was like I mean he was open for I want to say three months before the pandemic hit and he's he's done such a great job and it's really it's so delicious and it's I know our really neighbor. The, there are neighbors on the right side, and we can never get a reservation. I need to. I need to get I mean, there. yeah, just reach oh, out to me. Yeah, yeah. We'll no, we'll, we'll we'll go. I just need to. I need to. You know, we like to go early. Anyways. For soon? Yeah, for opening soon. Anything at all at the Graduate Hotel just opened. Um, it's their first. It's our friends Mark Rose from um, LA, the Spare Room, and Genghis Cohen. So this is their first. Um, first venture in uh, on the East Coast. So that's really exciting. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Cool. Um, well, thanks, guys. Tell us where we find you on social. Yeah, so uh, Don Angie NYC, Instagram, and then um, Scott and I aren't super active on there, <laughs> but I'll give I'll give you our uh, lame again. So I'm I think I'm Angela underscore Rito Rito R I T O correct. And I know we have the worst handles, and I'm S Tassinelli T A C I N E L L I. Cool. And then and, our uh, sorry, our baby has it has a uh, Instagram. <laughs> it's Red Sauce Baby. Red oh, Sauce nice. Baby, cute. <laughs> Merch coming soon. Red Sauce Baby is going to go viral. Where? To, how you said the book was available for pre order? Where and yeah, is it Amazon so the, or somewhere else? And yes. Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, right, right, right. Target. But, but also, um, an easy way to find it is on the Don Angie website. There's a there's like a click through. There's like a cookbook tab. DonAngie.com. Yes, sir. That is it. All right. And you can find us at Tillit NYC and at We Are Opening Soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was great talking. Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place, and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.